Welcome to the show where we uncover the blueprint of success and the business tools you need to achieve the American dream. Helping people turn passion and dreams into money-making machines. This is Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Now, here's Chase. What's up, potheads? Glad to have you along on a Friday afternoon. This is Strictly Business, and you heard the man. My name's Chase Channel. We all know the real potheads aren't actually listening because it's 420 today. Happy 420. Little Chase is in studio, and he's here just because it's 420. He said, you know what? I'm going to come join you. This is a special day. I used to be a real pothead, so I figured I'd join. So we have a weed-slated itinerary for today. And we're going to talk about the industry of cannabis in America, but we're also going to talk about some other interesting things like just getting traction in life and how we can make some improvements to make ourselves better, but a lot about uh, 420. Yeah, the cannabis business is booming um, in the last few years. It is um, really picking up traction, especially with the legalizations. Um, And I know there's recently some big players in the game Uh, that are kind of getting involved in it as well. Did you know that 29 states now have um, where, is the proper term cannabis or marijuana? What do we say? Uh, Cannabis, marijuana, weed. I think everybody knows what you're referencing at this point. So it says, uh, weed rules the world. This is an article I found online at complex.com, so you know that's got to be legitimate. It says, weed rules the world. Medical marijuana is now legal in 29 states and the District of Columbia. By 2020, the legal cannabis industry is projected to create 250,000 jobs and be worth an estimated $24 billion by 2025. Uh, let's see what else we got. It says cannabis companies are even buying entire towns to create tourist destinations. In a political climate, it feels like the world is burning to the ground by the day. Sometimes all one can do is light up and pray for a high, if fleeting, reprieve. How nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you think about it overall, and, you know, I grew up, my parents were like, you know, weed was like the gateway drug and everyone's going to die. And now it's like almost acceptable everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, yeah. I also think it has to do a lot with um, the people who are our age, their parents aren't mostly like yours. Mostly they were okay with it. Well, I feel a little disappointed. I wasn't smoking pot with the kids in junior high out by the dumpster, you know? I was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's different. uh, But what we're going to try to do today is even get a weed connoisseur entrepreneur on the phone. But being that it's 420, I'm finding it a little difficult to get in contact with my friends. So no promises, but I will see if I can't get one of them to pick up the phone and at least give us an update on some of the things going on in the world of weed. In addition to that, I'm talking about earlier this week, if you checked in with us when I was on Jimmy Duke show, which you can listen to every Tuesday morning from about 10 o'clock till 1040, I stop by the old country store in Jackson and I get on with uh, Jimmy Duke and we talk about all things business and we just kind of preview what we're going to talk about during this week's show. Jimmy asked some questions and he and I just kind of go back and forth, but this week we talked a little bit about getting traction in life and I woke up that morning feeling really, really depressed. And so many people look to me in life as like, I'm the motivator. Like, it's his job to make everybody 
because that's part of being a business leader is you have to be motivational. So everyone's looking to me to motivate them. And I just woke up and I felt so depressed, just totally not motivated. And so I thought, how important is it that we talk about that? Because when a lot of people see me, and you probably feel this way sometimes, they see me and they say, man, he's always, you know, more positive than me. He's always in a good mood. And from the outside in, you look at someone like myself and you say, hey, this is a pretty positive guy. What, what, are your, what do you think? Yeah, for the most part, I can tell when you're not having a good day pretty quick. But uh, for, for the most part, I'm pretty much always in a bad mood. So we're, we're, we're definitely, definitely opposites. You, you are in a bad, bad mood, mood often. Yes, I am. I am. So, but outside of whether I'm in a good mood or bad mood, um, one, the fact that you're my boss, but two, the fact that we actually get along pretty well um, outside of that. I mean, it's, it's motivating. When you ask me to do something, I don't do it just because you're my boss. I, I do it because, you know, I, I want to. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it goes with being a good boss, but um, I would say you're motivating. Well, and, and I just thought to myself, I said, how important is it? Because some people wake up depressed and they think, man, I'm the only one that feels this way. You know, I'm, this is something I'm dealing with in my life. And, you know, our society is so quick to, re- to remedy everything with prescription medication and say, well, you know, he's got, when I was a kid, they said, hey, he's got ADHD. My mom says, well, he's not getting on medicine. You know, so I feel like I'm glad she took a stand and said, you know, he's okay. And I feel like we can still learn. I mean, I think I may still have it. And sometimes you can probably tell during the show as I jump around in my brain, it's tough to stay focused on one area. But one thing I do do a great job of is when you put something in front of me that I find challenging, I'm going to go at it and just tackle it and get it done. So I don't think that it's all bad if you have some problems because we all do. But I just wanted every listener out there to know that you're not the only one that wakes up sometimes feeling like, man, I just want to sleep longer. Today sucked. And I don't know what I'm going to do. So I woke up that way this morning. I just wanted to sleep a little longer. You know, and all you think about is, is how horrible the day is going to be. I just want to get to the end of today. And, you know, me, I look at it, I'm like, man, I can't wait to get back in this bed tonight. And I start thinking that at seven in the morning when my alarm goes off. But realizing that when you accomplish something during the day and you wake up and you just make it happen, one of the darkest times in my life was because I had nothing to make me productive during the day. And I actually talked about this a little bit with Jimmy, but um, right now I'm currently trying to lose weight and using weak words, I probably won't get far like try. So I'm losing weight. I'm down 60 pounds and counting and I'm taking some extreme measures to make sure that I lose weight. But just talking about it overall um, earlier in the week, I was telling about because I've lost weight once in my life and then gained it again. I didn't grow up as a fat kid. I was very, I was, I was skinny, really skinny as a kid, like your size, little chase is, is skinny. Then you got me, which is the opposite. end. so I grow up skinny. And then towards the end of my high school, when I had my driver's license, wasn't as active and all of a sudden started sitting at a desk every day, I start gaining weight. And through that, as you gain weight, you gain weight. Then I had this moment where it kind of just clicked. And I said, you know what? I've got to do something. And that moment came when I woke up and I thought I was in heaven. What? I woke up and I thought I was in heaven. It was just the most surreal moment. I was actually at Uncle Sid's house. Oh, yeah. We went out. We partied all night. The party came back to our house. And when I woke up, I opened my eyes and it was just the brightest white. And I'm like, wow, this is what heaven's like. And it was just incredible. I remember thinking, man, 
I made it to heaven. And then I thought, man, my neck is killing me. So as I turned my head to the side, I realized that I'd been passed out face down in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. So the heaven was just the white porcelain. Right. And of course, then you're really disappointed because you just went from heaven to, oh, how did I get in the bathtub? Right, passed out in the bathtub. And then, of course, so I, I stand up and I mean, I had to pull myself up out of there and I'm like, luckily there's no water in there. I might not be here. I don't know how the water got out, but I look in the mirror and I thought, who are you? Like, what have you become? I didn't recognize myself. I was fat. My hair was all crazy from the bathtub. And I just said to myself, you know, I have to do something to get traction in my life. And so I remember I walked out and I'm like, Sid, I was in the bathtub. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah. Don't worry. I pulled the plug so you wouldn't drown. I'm like, oh, great. So you left me in the bathtub, but you made sure to at least make sure I was safe in the bathtub. So that's a good friend, right? Uncle Sid is a good friend. So I said to him, I said, listen, man, I'm getting a job. He's like, what, what do you mean you're getting a job? And at this time, we were like trying all these different business ideas, but we weren't really trying to do anything. We were just enabling each other to do nothing. And we had a good time doing it. But I said, listen, if I don't get a job and get some accountability in my life, then I'm not going to get anywhere. I have to have a time to show up to work, somebody to tell me what to do, or I'm just going to go off the deep end. So I've got to do this. So he let me borrow a suit, put on a tie, help me tie the tie. I go up to the Honda dealership on the corner, walk in the door, and I told him I'd sold a lot of cars and all this and talked him into giving me a job. Well, that job was one of those things that just, it changed my life because then you're waking up, you have a schedule, a time to be there. You go home, you feel fulfilled. I sold something today. You know, I'm productive. I'm a, I'm a contributing member of society. And so when you're not doing something productive, and a lot of you listen aren't doing anything productive right now. So you've got to think to yourself, how can I get myself out of a rut? Maybe you need to get up and get a job, or maybe you just need to get a different one because you hate yours. But whatever it is, you have to find that defining moment where you say, I've had enough. I want to do something different. And then believe in yourself enough to know that you're going to make it happen. Walk into that Honda dealership, change my life. Look where I'm at now. Who would think, fast forward 10 years, I'm still at a Honda dealership, but now I run the dealership? Right. I think, uh, I think structure and routine lead to accomplishments, and I think those accomplishments pull you out of depression or make you happier or wherever you're at. I think um, I, I remember realizing that when I was coming out of what I came out of, and I liked accomplishing things. I liked doing things, and the only way I was able to do that, and it's still the only way I'm able to do that, is by structure and a routine. I'm a very routine person. So I, I think having, having a routine, accomplishing things, uh, even small things, it, you know, makes you happy for sure. Well, I just remember that that was one of those moments in my life where I knew that it was what was needed. I'm lucky that it worked out the way it did. But I even remember when, because I, I started exercising, I joined the gym. And then, you know, I'm an extremist, so I'm like going to the gym every morning, playing basketball at night after work, hit the racquetball courts. I was in racquetball league, and I remember some of the guys on the lot that I sold cars with, they're like, did I see you in the morning on the way to work? Were you running up the highway? Because I'm running all over Mall of Georgia. I'm like going down. I mean, and this is like a busy area, but of course, people are like beeping and waving. I should have been having a sign that said like, you know, beep for Jesus or something, but everybody was just after me, and it was just a cool moment because... You just get that momentum. And the momentum, it's just a snowball effect. It starts to build and build and build and grow. 
and you make that progress, which I think is uh, the most important thing in life is just always moving forward and realizing on Tuesday when I woke up and I had to go down on my day off and get on Jimmy's show, the last thing that I'm really thinking about is, is, hey, you know, I want to wake up and be productive today. I'm just thinking, man, all I want to do is go back to bed. This isn't for me, you know, and you just pull yourself out of it. But overall, like I said, I just, every person has to find that defining moment where you say, hey, I'm going to make something happen. And for me, it just happened to be that I thought I was in heaven, woke up and didn't recognize myself. So in life, we can decide when you wake up face down in a bathtub that to either build upon it, or I could have said, you know what, no big deal. Let's drink some more tonight and do it again. Now, I will report that since then I've drank again in my life, but at the same token, I feel like when they say the word rock bottom, I really feel like I'd found it. Like I had made my way to rock bottom and then slowly pulled myself out. Now, I think, uh, Little Chase, you've got some trivia for us today, right? Yeah, I do. Um, We're doing some some specials today. We're going to give a, a trivia question. This is a little weed trivia question. Some, some weed trivia. So it's 420. So happy 420 to all the potheads out there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's my question for you guys. Uh, we'll start off a little science-y behind it. Uh, what is the scientific name for marijuana? And I'm going to give you some multiple choice options. Uh, cannabis tincture, cannabis sativa, or cannabis stevia. So do I have to refer to it as the official name once we get the answer after this? No, it's too much. It's too much? Okay. So there's a trivia question. You want to give it to them one more time, just so they can make sure they got it. What is the scientific name for marijuana? Options are cannabis tincture, cannabis sativa, or cannabis stevia. All right, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Thanks for listening to 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Don't go anywhere. Chase will be back right after this. What's up, Jackson? It's Chase Channel from the Chase Channel Show. Be sure to tune in every Friday from 1 to 3 and Saturday from 9 to 11, where we'll talk strictly business right here on 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson.
back, that's Money Talks by ACDC. You know, that's one of my favorite songs. Really? Yeah, I think uh, part of it is, is it goes back to when I was in high school in the locker room. Like we always, before football and in practice, we were always like jamming ACDC. Yeah, ACDC and um, yeah, ACDC was a big uh, hit. Like uh, back in, yeah. you know, like yeah. you just get crunk. That's in like the, across all sports though. Yeah, yeah, wrestling. I mean, you name it. That's kind of a wrestling, jack, jack you up song, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so we had the question: uh, What's the scientific name for medical marijuana? Trivia question: What is the scientific name for medical marijuana? We'll see if you potheads got it right. Well, they probably might have gotten it right, but it was a trick question. So the option that was available that was correct was cannabis sativa. But there's also cannabis indica, so there's two technical medical names that it could be. You giving us a trick question? I'm just throwing you guys trick questions it's today. It's 420. We're giving out trick questions, so he's really going to stump you. Uh, a couple things I wanted to go over about marijuana with you guys, if that's okay. Let's hear them. Okay. I'm all ears. I know nothing about it, so I can't wait to hear it. So here, here's the first one. It's physically impossible to overdose. It would not be possible for you to ingest enough that it would take to overdose. So it's physically impossible to overdose from pot or cannabis. What was the second half of that? Sativa or, sativa. or indica. <laughs> so on cannabis sativa or cannabis in, indica? Indica. Indica. We cannot overdose. No, you can't. You would not be able to. You can drink yourself to death. You can do most drugs until you die from them, but you cannot ingest enough marijuana to kill you. What is the whole history behind marijuana? I mean, they talk about like, well, it's a plant from Earth and, you know, our ancestors smoked it. I mean, what's the real deal? Who was smoking it? Christopher so, Columbus or the Indians? Um, people before them. I mean, go back as far as you want. It's been around. It's a naturally occurring plant. It's probably where the most... Where does it grow? Uh, what? Like, where, where would it have been found on the Earth... Like, what climate does it need? I know right now they grow it a lot in Southern California. Different climates for different weeds. Afghanistan is probably one of the most popular sources and most popular strains have come out of Afghanistan. So everything from the desert of Afghanistan to um, California is popular. Denver is popular. I did see uh, one thing that said um, a significant amount. Let me see what the percentage was. First off, today's marijuana is between 50 and 60% stronger than pot that your parents were smoking in the 70s. Maybe not your parents, but... So today's pot is 50 to 60% stronger? Yeah. Wow. Even the bad stuff. But, um, oh yeah, here's, here's the other portion of what you ask. It says that uh, approximately one-third, 33%, of American crops, marijuana crops, are grown indoors. That's incredible. Yeah. So uh, a lot of these places are growing them indoors and the special lights and mixing all these strains. Which I assume is just to speed up the growth, right? Um, yeah, probably. Uh, also, it's consistent. Well, you know, growing up in West Virginia, I think it grows good in the Appalachia. I remember they would fly like helicopters looking for it and always run into some yeah. of some sort. Yeah, they... Uh, they would do that. Looks like we got a text that just came in. It says, I'm, well, we're not going to repeat that on the air, but it's related to the show, so someone's enjoying 420. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. 
Indeed. Um, so another fact that I wanted to go over it with you is that only about 2.5% of the global population uses marijuana. I figured that number would be a lot higher. 2.5%? Roughly. That's incredible. If 2.5% and it says it's going to be a $25 billion industry, I think that that means there's a lot more room for it to grow. Nice profit margin. Well, if you want to get in on the action, you got comments, you want to tell us what you're doing for 420, you can shoot us a text at 731-215-0158. If you want to give us a call and you're coherent, you can uh, call us at 731-499-3865. Or as always, we'd love to hear from you at facebook.com backslash the Chase Channel Show. 2.5%. That's incredible. I would have thought it'd be like 30%. I would have thought it would have been a lot higher, especially uh, because a lot of people have been using it for medical purposes for a long, long time. You talked about the history of marijuana. It's been around for a very, very long time. Um, people have been using it for those traditional medicinal purposes and uh, f- just for a long time. So it's also the most industrious, I guess that would be the appropriate word, industrious plant on the planet. So we all know about the opioid problem going on in the world right now, especially close to home here in Tennessee, West Virginia, Oklahoma. Ohio, Oklahoma. Yeah. Is weed the answer? Was I mean, will that get people off the drug? And do you think that that or is that just something that they're saying so that it passes quicker? Um I think it's I think it's a good substitute. For those types of things, I mean, like, like when do you go in that, that you say, "Hey, I'm, I hurt my back," and they say, "Well, okay, instead of what I mean, I don't know what the oh, the I pill. think that's a definite solution. I mean, I think that's a very good solution. So it's good for pain. Well, here's the deal: is I've been addicted to opiates. I know, I I know exactly what I'm getting out of them. So, but you've been addicted to opiates, but you don't smoke pot. No, I don't. But I mean, I, I wasn't using them for the appropriate purposes. Purposes, but I, I understand exactly how addictive opiates are. I know that uh, nobody's going to convince me that I didn't like them. So would pot lead you back to opiates? No. It's not related? No. So the whole gateway v- drug video they played me in health class when I was a kid, that's, that's kind of BS? Yes and no. So here's, here's how I've always looked at that, and I, I've, I've thought about this before. So the drug itself isn't a gateway drug. The reason it is a gateway drug, though, is because of the people it puts you around. So, for example, if I start smoking weed, there's no way I'm automatically just... If I start smoking weed by myself in my house, I'm not going to wake up one day and say, oh, man, i got to get my hands on some meth. Right. Like, that's just not a rational thought process. It doesn't lead to that way. But what happens is is you start to um, you know, smoke weed, and then you got to go buy the weed, and then you got to go... Um, it's, it's a natural progression to be around these types of people that are around weed. And chances are, one out of a hundred people um, that honestly are doing something that's illegal are probably doing something else that's illegal. So That makes sense. I, I mean, it's just it's just a rational thought process and the, the way things happen. So I think by putting yourself around those types of people, maybe the only scenario that I would consider it a gateway drug, but the drug itself, no. I mean, I'm not going to sell my friends out, but I remember even like when I was younger, I had you know a few of my friends that would that would smoke pot or whatever, and it was like a big deal, like going to try to meet the drug dealer and get. Yeah. 
you know, yeah, like it now it's, it's it seems silly. It's like, but but well, I remember that. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. When I'm like, dude, my dad said if I'm in the car with you, I'm going to prison. Like, let me out. Yeah, I don't know. I'd challenge you to go buy some weed right now and see how you feel about it, because I bet you'd still feel how you did when you were 18 years old. I'm sure I would, especially well, I mean, just, we're in the great state of Tennessee where I mean, yeah, if you got to go meet some sketchy yet, guy in the Walmart parking lot, you're going to be a little sketched out. But if you're in Colorado and you go into like a nice boutique and you can exactly. choose which brownie you want, it's a little different. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think it's different. I think it's uh, um, a more stable environment. I think you have um, more accountability for what it is you're getting. Um, I mean, I, I that was one of my big concerns was... I never knew what I was about to get handed. So here's my thought is, and I think that this is important. Uh, we talk about business on the show, and I think this is one of the biggest, you know, kind of up and coming businesses that there is in America. It is a 74% growth in the, in the business. It's literally the fastest growing uh, business type in America. Here's what I can tell you. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about getting in the weed business, it's almost too late. And what I mean by that is, is that the people who... There's already people so far out in front that if tomorrow the state of Tennessee said, hey, we're making marijuana legal, there's already people with dispensaries that will be open tomorrow and storefronts. And so you have to be – it's not like tomorrow they say it's legal and you go, hey, it would be a great idea to do that. If you're thinking about being a – what's the word for a weed entrepreneur? Is that called like a – Entrepreneur. Like a – okay, there we go. Entrepreneur. No, that's not true. But if you – but seriously, if you're thinking about it, it's like you got to get out in front of it now. You have to basically say – and count on it to happen because that's one of the things I don't like about it is is tomorrow if the government gets involved and says, you know what, we're going to push back on this. Now, all of a sudden, my business that might have been great is not great anymore. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's it's, a, it's almost too late. But a bigger factor, th- there's a couple factors that play into that. One, people have already taken advantage of those opportunities in other places. And people have visited those specific places for the purpose of seeking out weed. I mean, people go to Colorado and California, and that's something they do while they're there. So there's that factor. The other factor is is that um, big names are coming into the business. I just was reading about Monsanto, Monsanto, the natural food company. They don't actually make natural foods, but they said they did, and there was a big, uh, big deal with them a while back. And then uh, Marlboro is also getting involved in marijuana. So. I mean, you get corporate people like that to come. So there's going to be marijuana cigarettes. Is that what they're doing? It was supposedly, yeah. I remember hearing a long time ago they had a patent already for Marlboro Greens. There'll be marijuana cigarettes, uh, like pre-rolled joints that you can buy at a gas station, Marlboro. But um, I, I, I remember don't think- a guy when I was a kid who actually he knew my dad from like growing up, and everywhere we'd see him, he always had. My dad's like, you know, those are cigarettes he's smoking. So what? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. this guy's lighting them up in like Pizza Hut. Right. There's, it's questionable if that was true. Well, you know, my dad has been known to tell a few stories in his life. But right, you too. <laughs> as a kid, I'm going, man, this is... I'm like, can you believe it? This guy's over here eating his pizza, smoking a joint. I used to know people like that. They just walk around. Uh, I, I remember I went to school at the University of Oklahoma, and I remember people, some of my friends, they just walk the class, walk through the campus, smoking a joint, no big deal, they didn't care, whatever. Incredible. So if, you know, one of the things that I think blows me away is looking at these businesses in Colorado and not just the businesses of like, hey, we're selling weed or we're growing weed, but all these like weed suppliers, like the light bulbs to grow it and the, yeah, there's like a whole industry around an industry that's developed. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like any other business. I mean, for example, let's take the car business that we're familiar with. 
All right. You have to employ people to sell the cars, and that's the most basic level of it. You have to employ people to obtain financing. You have to employ people to manage those salespeople. You have to employ people to service the cars. You have to employ the people who actually work at the factory and build the cars. You have to employ the people that deliver the cars and transport the cars and make the different parts for the cars before it even gets assembled at the factory. It works the same way with weed. So we have a friend who is a bud clipper. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> she, that's her job, right? She's paid to like... Yeah, she clips buds. I don't know what that... Explain what that means because I don't know what that means. Well, she I told me that and I assume well, that it's like... I don't exactly know what it means. I mean, my understanding of it is is you have an entire plant and... Um, we don't smoke the whole plant, so it has to be um, disassembled. So she's like a weed stylist. She cuts the plants, yeah, like, gives a, them like a haircut? Yeah, gives them a little haircut. Yeah, so she uh, basically disassembles a certain part of the plant, um, and then it goes to a drying process. There's a whole process behind how weed and, gets to... And what, she's like in Michigan or something, right? Somewhere up north. I know it's uh, cold up there. We're going to do our best to get her on the phone because we got to hear about the, the, the bud clipping, the weed, the weed haircut. Yeah. By the way, bud is another uh, slang for the, for the weed. Oh, it is. See? I didn't that, even know that. That was my favorite back in the day, bud. Well, she, when she tells me this, I thought she was kidding. She's like, oh, I just got landed a job. I'm moving up north. I'm like, you're doing what? Yeah, I bet they're paying her two grand a month. That, if I was guessing, that's what they pay her. They pay two grand a month to come. She can smoke all she wants, spend eight hours a day. Just cutting a plant. So you think she gets stoned while she's on the job? Oh, definitely. <laughs> she might have did that before. Yeah, definitely. So it's 420. We're glad to have everybody along. You got another question lined up or what? Oh, no, but I'll have while one While he gets get a back. question, if you want to get in on the action, you can give us a call, 731-499-3865, or you can shoot us a text at 731 215 0158. Today's Friday, 420. Hopefully you're all excited for the weekend. Okay, so I got a question. Sure. Okay, so here's my question. We'll give you the answer when you come back. This one's off the top of my head. What is the actual part of weed that gets you high? It's, it's, it's commonly phrased as three letters, and it's the actual uh, part that gets you high. It's what you're after. So what is that? Three letters. There you have it. So hang tight. We're going to be back right after this. You're listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Thanks for listening to 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Don't go anywhere. Chase will be back right after this. What's up, Jackson? It's Chase Channel from the Chase Channel Show. Be sure to tune in every Friday from 1 to 3 and Saturday from 9 to 11 where we'll talk strictly business right here on 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Forget about April showers. We're making it rain right here at Victory Honda of Jackson during our huge pre-owned buyback event. Hi, I'm Chase Channel, General Manager, and we need your trade. And right now, we'll give you more than ever. Receive up to 50% of your original MSRP on your trade-in. That's right, you'll get up to half of your vehicle's original MSRP back on your trade. This has never been done before, and it may not happen again. For complete details, visit VictoryHondaJackson.com, then come into Victory Honda on Highway 45 Bypass and get 50% of your original MSRP on your trade-in. But hurry, this won't last long, so come in today and we'll make it rain right here at Victory Honda. Receive up to 50% of original MSRP on trading vehicles for the purchase of any brand 
stock MSRP with approved credit. Minus restocking, reconditioning, and mileage fees. Subject to a clean Carfax report. Not all vehicles will qualify. Max trade in value $16,000. See dealer for complete details. Offer ends 
We're back. That was Last Dance with Mary Jane by Tom Petty. What a cool song. Yeah. I feel like I've heard it in so many movies. Like, that might have been in Forrest Gump. It's appropriate. Sounded like we just had a text come in. Let's take a look here. If you want to get in on the action, you got something to say, you can say it. Head on over to Facebook.com backslash the Chase Channel Show. The question that came in is from Jamel. It says, I know it's a broad topic, but I always enjoy hearing about how to invest in yourself and your business. That's a good question. So how to invest in yourself and uh, and your business? Well, the first thing you have to do is, is just make small progress, meaning any progress is better than no progress. One of the things that I do a good job of is making sure that when I come up with an idea that I do something about it. And it was funny enough that earlier this week, um, Facebook popped up and it said, um, here's a memory. And the memory was a picture of a, a, like a Yeti microphone, my computer. And it said, uh, big things to come fed up nation. And at this time, I think you remember we were brainstorming. We're like, we should start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Remember, I, I and when we came up with this idea, it was at the time of the election. I said, everybody's fed up. What better time to do it? So I come up with fed up nation. Remember how excited I was about it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. It I was- wanted like fed up nation t-shirts, fed up nation. So I spent, this is to give you an idea about how to act on something quick is and, and to invest in yourself and your business. It's just make quick action and quick progress. Instantly, I bought the website, fedupnation.com, which was a premium website. It was expensive. I had to go through a domain broker, work out a deal, purchase it. Then they transfer it into your name. Second part of that was is the design. I had to go to get logos done. I Because remember, I wanted the shirts, the hats. Yeah. And I really believe that if, if, if we build it up, that like I thought Donald Trump was going to call me on the phone and say, hey, I want to buy fedupnation.com because it's that cool of an idea. You know, the timing was just right. The whole country was kind of at a point where they're fed up with each other. And I'm like, fed up nation. I mean, it's like, it's more than election. It's just making a statement. Like, we want something different. It's time. So I have this design, you know, made and all this stuff done. But the point is, as I took some, like, quick, immediate, direct action to make it happen, sometimes just moving in the direction of your plans, they come to fruition in different ways. I mean, here we set today in a full-fledged studio with way better, way cooler microphones than the Yeti mic, full-on, you know, mixers and, and all this stuff that we, I didn't even know what any of this was. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing was is like, well, first off, before you can do any of that, you need to believe in yourself and come up with an idea that you believe in. A, a lot of people used to always tell me, they say, well, Chase, it takes money to make money, right? And I get that. I mean... No, it just takes money to make money easily. Well, and I think that sometimes when we think about business ideas, we always think we use the, the, the money stuff to hold us up. The facts are I could do this show for free. Right now you can go on your phone, you can download an app, and on that app it will allow you to record an entire podcast talking into your phone. You can put effects, you can put breaks, you can put anything you want yeah. into your phone. So if you got a phone in your pocket, guess what? you got a voice. You can get out there and talk to the world about anything you want. And if it's relevant enough, you might just get an audience. Yeah. I, th- I think that was the big thing, though, is 
before you can take any of those steps, you need to have something you believe in, and one of those things needs to be yourself. And then you're able to do the things that you talked about taking fast action. The, the second thing is you don't know what direction it's going to take. Like here, I started the show Strictly Business, and I think kind of the initial thing was, hey, I want to do this. Like I feel like this is something I have a passion for. It would be fun. Let's get on the air. Let's let the world hear what we got to say. And then it comes along later on in a different format, and I'm able to realize, well, I said, hey, let's, you know, this is a little bit different. And I was fortunate enough to be able to have a good partnership with the station where, you know, uh, Tim and I thought it would be a great idea. And, you know, we would always talk and brainstorm about business when he would come by my office and we'd just share, you know, and, and talk. And one, one thing I always noticed about myself is whether it was Tim or anybody else, once they came and talked to me, they left inspired. Like, I just have a way of just energizing people. And they say, man, I got to do more. Like, I can do something more of this. A lot of them would even text me after we meet and say, man, it was really nice meeting with you. Totally fresh in my day. And it's because they feel the passion coming off. When I talk about business, I believe in it. It's exciting. It's passionate. And everyone listening is going to be really upset with us. Why? Because I didn't get the answer to the trivia question. Oh, I know. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that. So, okay, here's the answer. I'm terrible. Uh, That's the ADHD. See, the, mom, you should have medicated me. Right. <laughs> right. So the question was, is what is the actual element of, of marijuana that gets you high, the high feeling that you get? So I told you it was three letters. It was kind of a trick question. Again. Another trick? <laughs> so there are um, cannabinoids which get you high, and there are about 100 of them. The most popular, most common, and most... Um, Effective one is THC, was the answer, and it is tetrahydrocannabol. So THC is a cannabinoid. Correct, correct. It's a cannabinoid. I'm it learning is, all sorts of stuff today, folks. So basically, if you take a magnifying glass and actually look at your weed, or whoever's weed that it might exist, you'll see like little crystals. That's what gets you high. Those are the cannabinoids. That's the cannabinoids. That's the THC, though. So is there a way they measure it? Like this has got more in it than others? Yeah, they do. I don't know how, but I know they do. They, uh, I, there is a potency rating. Um, I'm going to look that up on the next break. I'm going to look it up. And there is, um, same way there's a potency rating for anything, a level of an earthquake. Um, you, you can measure the potency of, of your weed. So today's 420. We're talking about all things business as always, but a huge part of business in America today is the... What's the proper term we found earlier? Weed business? No, the... Entrepreneur? No, not that part. The the, the, the technical term... Uh, the marijuana industry? <laughs> the technical term for weed. Oh, uh, cannabis. Are, cannabis sativa? I know sativa? it's 420. Are you sure you haven't smoked something today? <laughs> you got cannabis sativa, cannabis, cannabis indica... I don't, I'm not even going to get into what those are because they're so difficult. But it is 420, so happy 420. Glad you made it to Friday. We're hey, talking all things business, talking about the weed industry, talking about the growth potential. Oh, we just had a text come in from, uh, from Becky. She says, what's up? Kind of busy, which means she's busy doing the bud clipping. She's clipping the buds. While he's, uh, while he's trying to get her on the phone, I got a question that came in on Facebook uh, from Chris. Um, and it is how to keep teams motivated when sales are low. And um, I think that's actually something that's applicable and 
right now it's a little slower at the store than it usually is. And I think, um, you know, today I noticed that you were doing some things um, personally at our store to, to address that. And uh, I'm kind of curious, too. So the first thing is when sales are slow, it's, it's the most difficult time because everything has a magnifying glass put over it. Like people don't realize being slow is part of life. And one of the things that I do is I always dig in harder to the things that I might not have before. Meaning like say someone has a deal working where I might say, hey, well, you know, here, he'll help you with it. Instead of that, I say, who is it? Where are they at? Let me try to dig in. So first thing is, as a leader, when everyone sees you trying a little harder or doing a little more, they think, hey, I need to do a little bit more. The second thing is to let them know everything's going to be okay. Every day is not going to be a record-breaking sales day. It's just not the case. And you know me well enough to know, it doesn't matter if we sell 20 in a day or zero, I don't think it's enough. Right, yeah. And I mean, that goes along with the business, but I think it should go along with every business. His, the most important word is more. Right, you always have to be moving the needle. And when sales are slow, everyone's going to look to you and say, how's he reacting? For me, I just want everyone to see that I'm still trying. I'm still putting in that extra effort. I'm still showing up, sitting in the same place, doing the same things, trying to make the same deals. And that's a hard part of business because it would be so much easier to just say, you know what? Yeah, it's real slow, guys. It's kind of been quiet. So uh, we'll just take it easy today and tomorrow and uh, hopefully things change. All we can do, and one thing I found in business is the things that we do prior days is what is the result we're feeling today. Yeah. So if we haven't done good follow-up or we haven't done a good job of prospecting or we haven't done a good, well, then all of a sudden it shows up. We go, wow, it's slow. And so that doesn't change overnight because all, a lot of times when you're really, really slow, you'll dig in, you'll do all this effort. You're making all these calls. You're, you're trying to get everyone motivated and everyone's heads together and you still sell nothing for the day or maybe one or two. And what happens is you feel like you were a failure, but you weren't because all of a sudden three days from then, guess what happens? You, you sell have a, those cars. You sell a bunch of cars because all the work that you did came in. So the first thing is, and I always say when it's slow, don't look at what you've done today. Look at what you've done the past few days because that's what's made it slow for you. But again, there's things. I mean, right now we're in an economy where a lot of people don't really know which direction it's going. Interest rates, um, I heard today the primes, I think 4.75, yeah, the Fed is. So Yeah, they're going, the rates are going up. Um but and the stock market's been massively up and then massively down. And Well, the thing that everyone has to remember about the economy is, A, it's always changing. B, right now, there's more jobs out there than ever before. The lower-paying jobs in America are paying more than ever before. So fewer people – I mean, that means everyone's working and everyone's making money. That's why prices on things are going up. And it's only going to continue. A strong economy just makes things work out that way. Well, yeah, and if you want your economy to be strong – there's one way to influence it. Spend money. You want to talk about two people that have completely opposite political views? It's myself and Little Chase. Somewhat. We share the same name. I play I play the devil's advocate with him a little. but He gets me fired up. But again, luckily for us, well, this goes all about business and not about politics. That is lucky. Not lucky for us. Lucky for the listeners. I think everyone's so sick of politics through the election. They're like, I've had enough. Exactly. I remember after the election, I was like, I just can't wait to hear something different. I was like, what will they play on the radio? Right. Like, what is there to talk about now? I, I listen to one radio station. I have Sirius XM. I am an avid listener. Shame on you. Why? 
Sirius XM, you pay for radio when you can listen for free at 93.1. Yeah, I know. Well, I listen to this on the on the podcast because this has a podcast as well. But, That's true. So when I'm when I'm in my vehicle, though, I listen to um, one radio exclusively, uh, one station, and I basically got frustrated with that station because it's supposed to play music and there's not supposed to be anything else. And there's every day it was politics. Head on up to POTUS or head on up to whatever. I'm like, come on. Yeah, it was almost invasion. I remember I kept opting out of emails because they wanted me to donate money, donate money. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, it's... listen, I've, I've donated who I'm going to donate to. And that, I think that's why I got on the hit list. Right. <laughs> like, don't donate because then they're going to come after you for more. Right, exactly. Just totally ridiculous. But, I mean, when you look at it, you're like, this is crazy. I mean, I'm getting like email. And what was even crazy is I was getting it from like the wasn't even who I donated to. It was like the all these other people around it that were wanting donations. One thing I, I realized, because I think that, one, this election had the most focus, and it had the most involvement um, and the most media frenzy and whatever you want to call it. Afterwards, life still goes on. Business still goes on. You still have to make a living. You have to find a way to pay your taxes. You have to find a way to feed yourself. Regardless of if your person won or if your person lost, if you're a business owner, if you're every aspect of your life is still moving forward. So um, nothing changed. And I I think if your business was set up around those political interests and so on and so forth, too bad or great for you or whatever, but just keep moving forward. Well, part of making anyone, anyone that's a great business person is their ability to adapt and to change. And that's just the way it's always going to be is making sure that you stay current and relevant with what's going on. I know in our world, you know, I watch the the basic things, automotive news. I look at the stocks of uh, not, you know, all of our competitors daily. I look at all the stocks from all the banks that are big into heavy automotive lending. I like to see what they're doing because a lot of times the tales come with the banks, you know, people, mm-hmm. you can all of a sudden tell what's going on. And so over the years, I've figured out the how to, how to kind of monitor that climate. But you know what gives me the most security of all? Of, of everything in our business and in the business of just the world. You know what makes me feel the, the best about it? Like a lot of people are nervous right now. Uh, people. Well, That's I guess. started in the car business <laughs> right after the recession. Yeah. I got in when everyone everyone was getting out. Right. Nobody wanted to buy anything. You couldn't get them financed. Yeah. Like the store I worked at at one point had 75 full-time salesmen. We had 20. Right. Here's what people don't realize. Do you think it was any different for me as a salesman? No, because before they had 75 com- people, people competing for the customers. Now we had 20. Right. It was the same. So a lot of times I realize to myself, I say, listen, if things change in the economy, you made it then, you'll make it now. So one of the things you can do in business is insulate yourself from those things. Part of that is, is A, limiting debt, making sure that if something happens, you're prepared, you have a way to pay for it. That's a real easy thing to take on, but at the same time, it's what can be crippling if something comes up. So having what I call an exit strategy, I'm not uh, fully through my baby steps with Dave Ramsey, so I do have debt. But I always think to myself, if something happened tomorrow, do I have an exit strategy? Can I get rid of my debt? And, you know, that's just one of those things that I always use as a uh, something in my mind to say, hey, you know, what's the plan? And having a plan is important because you just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I always say that uh, you just keep moving forward and things will work them, themselves out. 
You got another question for us or what? Well, here's the deal. is either, either they'll work themselves out or they won't, but you still got to keep moving forward. Well, the sun's still going to come up in the morning. Right. And you're going to have to deal with it. So I think that was a great question, though, Chris. I appreciate you posting them up online. Chris listens all the way. I'm going to tell you exactly where from. She listens all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota. So how about that? We got listeners all over the world. And I'm excited to announce that, um, as you all know, you can listen every week right here on 93.1, the talk of Jackson, to Strictly Business, the Chase Channel show with me. We replay it on Saturday mornings from 9 to 11. And this week, uh, the show was approved by iHeartRadio. So you can now listen anywhere in the world by downloading the iHeartRadio app, search for the Chase Channel show, and just press play. So even if you miss something, you want to play it for a friend or family member, you can also send them a link on there. You can share it like I do. I share it to people. I say, hey, check out the show. And uh, you can listen to us on TuneIn, Spotify, pretty much anywhere. Spreaker, Podbean, you name it. You got it. You got the question for us? Yeah, I do. I have a good one. All right, hit us with it. Well, this is business related. Fantastic. Government business related. Oh, boy. So we're mixing the business and the politics a little bit. So um, how much do you, this is actually a direct question to you, because I'm curious as to your answer. How much do you think that the United States and federal governments spend on cannabis prohibition each year? Do you think it is 5 to 10 billion, 15 to 20 billion, or 40 to 50 billion? Okay, so you'll hear my answer. Let's see if you if, if ours match. If you want to get in on the action, you can. The number to call, 731-499-3865. The text line is 731-215-0158. Or you can head on over to facebook.com backslash the Chase Channel Show, and you can leave a comment there. One of the things I want everyone to remember is the text line's open all week long. So if you have a question that pops up in your mind throughout the week, you want it answered on the air, all you got to do is shoot in a text to 731-215-0158, and we'll get an answer for you on the air. So hang tight. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Thanks for listening to 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Don't go anywhere. Chase will be back right after this. What's up, Jackson? It's Chase Channel from the Chase Channel Show. Be sure to tune in every Friday from 1 to 3 and Saturday from 9 to 11, where we'll talk strictly business right here on 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Forget about April showers. We're making it rain right here at Victory Honda of Jackson during our huge pre-owned buyback event. Hi, I'm Chase Channel, General Manager, and we need your trade. And right now, we'll give you more than ever. Receive up to 50% of your original MSRP on your trade-in. That's right, you'll get up to half of your vehicle's original MSRP back on your trade. This has never been done before, and it may not happen again. For complete details, visit VictoryHondaJackson.com, then come into Victory Honda on Highway 45 Bypass and get 50% of your original MSRP on your trade-in. But hurry, this won't last long, so come in today and we'll make it rain right here at Victory Honda. Receive up to 50% of original MSRP on trading vehicles towards the purchase of any brand new vehicle in stock.
stock MSRP with approved credit, minus restocking and reconditioning and mileage fees. Subject to a clean Carfax report. Not all vehicles will qualify. Max trade in value $16,000. See dealer for complete details. Offer ends 
That was the OJs for the love of money. We love money right here on Strictly Business. You're listening to 93.1. You can hear us every Friday from 1 to 3 and Saturday from 9 to 11. We had a cannabis, since it's 420, we had a cannabis trivia question. Which money you asked, related. You asked me directly. Yes. So let's hear the question again. So here is a question is, is how much does the United States federal government spend on the prohibition of weed, cannabis, cannaboids. I think we've gone through all the phrases, bud, whatever you want to call it. How much do you think they spend? The options were five to ten billion, fifteen to twenty billion, or upwards of forty or fifty billion. I'm gonna go with upwards of forty billion. No, it's seventeen point five billion. So it's fifteen to twenty, but but here's here's so does that include state or is that just government? That is the United States federal government. Yeah, so states spend even more because they have local authorities, I'm sure, that are... Correct, correct. So, but, but, you got to take into account how much they're losing out by not capitalizing. What's the opportunity cost for them not taking advantage of the marijuana business and making money off of it as the federal government? So, when you take that into account, I'm sure it's upwards of $50 billion. Today's 420, and uh, I, one of the things I always kind of forget in living here and this is the bible belt and as it was phrased to me when i moved here is it was the buckle of the bible belt i don't think anywhere in the bible it says that you can't smoke weed does it 
I, it might even reference smoking weed in the Bible. We're not honest. we're not theologists, so we'll, we'll we'll leave that one out of the equation. But uh, we're going to talk about a few facts here. We got some text coming in, so we'll get to those texts in just a minute. But it looks like uh, this is ten facts you might not know about weed, and the cannabis industry in general is one of the biggest. It's the it's the number one growing right. Yeah, it's number one growing seventy four percent growth. That was in two thousand fourteen. It's done nothing but continue to grow. Uh, that was the last uh, fiscal year that I could see for growth was 74%. But, I mean, if you think about it, take 74% and put it into any other market, you're never going to get that match. Here's the coolest thing about us talking about this is neither of us are pot smokers. Uh, well, me not anymore. Well, and then also because a lot of people listening might not realize what 420 means. What I don't even know what that means. I just know that it's like National Weed Day. But Some kids in California a um, long time ago. Start smoking weed. 420 was the, the either the time or the day that they wanted it, and now it's National Weed Day. So National Weed Day, I imagine that uh, they have to put out a smog alert in Colorado this year. Yeah, probably California too. I, I bet the smog alert would come out of California first. So 10 facts you may not know about the weed industry. Number one is weed is now legal in some form in over half the country. 28 states, I believe. Man, you know, this is a popular topic. People just keep texting in, so we're going to get to those texts in just a minute. Number two is Colorado collected twice as much taxes on pot as booze. Yeah, that sounds right. That's incredible. It says, for the first fiscal year that recreational weed was legal in Colorado, the state collected $70 million in taxes from it and just $42 million in taxes from alcohol sales. Yeah, I wonder what it is now. I also wonder if the alcohol sales have went down. As a result of the... Yeah, like people smoke now and they can smoke weed, so maybe they drank before, but now they don't want to. Well, here's the thing is, is people, those same people were already smoking weed, just not taxable. That's a good point. Number four says recreational sales in Nevada exceed stores' expectation. Wow, I don't think that's that that's earth not that shattering. much of a fact. No, this was from uh, from Herb.com. So. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Number five, Colorado still has a black market. Who would have thought of that? Yeah, no, I mean, here's the deal is a lot of these... What's the point? Um, More money. They don't have to pay taxes on it. So it's cheaper? Probably not. Probably the same price. The problem is, is uh, well, now it's probably cheaper. It probably is now, but... Um, originally all these places were medically allowed and then it was recreationally allowed and it's probably uh, a little bit cheaper so that they'll still buy it. But um, the the big factor is is the growers and the people selling it have that income. This says a report from the Cato Institute points out just how expensive a war on drugs really is. $8.7 billion would be saved not prosecuting cannabis offenders. Not to mention over $10 billion that would be generated in tax revenue at a federal level. So that's an $18.7 billion swing in just prosecution and tax revenue. So that's good. Yeah. Not to account for law enforcement and all that. Here's what I've maintained for years. And, and just so everyone understands, I'm not a pot smoker, never have been. That's just the way my life's been. But one of the things that I've always said is if it was legal, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, it's not. It, like it's, all of a sudden it would just like who cares? You know, like it's, it's like not. drinking. If you drink, you drink. If you don't, you don't. Who cares? 
Portugal was one of the best instances of that. And a long time ago, well, maybe not even that long ago, Portugal made most drugs legal. And what they realized is within 10 years, their addiction rate went down by 50%. That's incredible. Fact number seven, women are dominating the industry. It says 36% of cannabis company CEOs are women compared to just 22% in the rest of the business world. Yeah. That's pretty, that's, that's incredible. Less, less judgment. I guess. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, number eight, celebrity endorsement. We talked about that a little earlier. It says the cannabis industry is a very popular investment opportunity uh, for lots of different celebrities. From the godfather of weed, Snoop Dogg's Leafs, uh, by Snoop Range of Top Shelf Budline to Whoopi Goldberg's, I guess she has her own line of weed too. Uh, maybe it's a line of weed or um, joints or, you know, rolling papers or glass companies or the business is massive. The business is massive. What are we related to? I mean, is this like cigarettes of the 80s or maybe even 70s or 60s? I don't no. know when they said it was bad for you. but No, no, not right now. Not right now. It's not. It might get to that point. But here's the deal is cigarettes were always Philip and Morris and um, the, I can't remember the name, but there's been major companies that have produced all the cigarettes. All of this is, it's almost as if it's all like third party type of companies. I mean, you got glass producers, you got, there's just so many different aspects of the business. It, it's just exponential growth. Number nine says California sells roughly half the legal weed in America. Yeah, that seems like a lot, though. Says 49% of all sales in 2014, uh, Colorado, with its law permitting recreational use, sold 30%, while the rest of the country made up just 21%. Here's what's crazy is a friend of mine lived in California because it was medicinal until this year, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the case. He said you just walk into these like clinics and basically they give you a, a medical card to anybody. Yeah, I knew for a while it wasn't like that, though. It was like... A little, it basically, you could say like some crazy stuff to an actual doctor and he'd write it. He'd be like, I get headaches. They're like, okay, here you go. But I think it got to a point where you could go get it like right next door to the clinic or something like that. I see. This last one is uh, kind of interesting. It says some states have more dispensaries than Starbucks. Yeah, I heard that recently. I heard that recently. That's out of control. Well, you know, what do they have, like little lounges? Like you go in, you get it, and you can just smoke it in there? I've or? never been in an actual dispensary. Really? I've never been in one. So you've been on the black market your whole life? Well, well not anymore. I haven't smoked weed in a significant amount of time. But, yeah, it's. Um, I, I know that supposedly they're pretty nice. Well, I thought it was interesting when they said they're buying complete towns to make them like weed destinations. Yeah, that's that's what I was telling you. People go to California or Colorado with the intention of smoking weed the whole time. You know how I, how I like peg all the potheads on my Facebook friends list is like, they're like going on family vacation. All of a sudden it's to Colorado. Right. I'm like, what you, Colorado. They what? went to Florida every year for every the past, year 25 for the last years. 20 years. Now they're all of a sudden skiers. Right. We're going to Breckenridge. Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, we know what they're up to. Right. I think Breckenridge might've been the first town that it was legally rec recreational in, by the way. Really? Could be wrong. I don't think I am. We're talking about 
420 is the day, which we don't even, we need to look that up. We need to know why it is that we're celebrating this. I, I looked it up earlier, and all it said was a group of, Cal, a group of kids in California came up with 420. That's all it said. Here's what's great about this. I'm sure there's a better story. My parents probably don't even know that. No, they don't even. They're like, they're going to learn when they hear, when they listen to the show today, they're going to be like, wow, today's 420. It means that people smoke weed. It's April 20th to them. Right. Hey, you know what else today is? The day after my birthday. It was my birthday yesterday. I don't even think I told you happy birthday. No, you didn't. Well, no, happy birthday. Should I, should I sing you a song? No, please don't. So it's Little Chase's birthday. And uh, if, if weed was legal in Tennessee, would you light up a, uh, you know, a joint for your birthday? Light up a whole cigar. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I just don't like it anymore. But when I was smoking weed, it was always very nice and convenient that uh, my birthday and 420 were right next to each other. So if it's legal tomorrow, you wouldn't smoke it? No. So, see, I find that interesting because you're a pothead. Well, I used to be a pothead. Right. You were one. So right. you're not anymore. But right. But I'm just saying I think it's interesting that, like me, if it was legal tomorrow, I'd probably like be like, oh, let me go try some of this. Well, I, there's a lot of factors that go into why I do and don't do drinking or, or any type of thing that alters my state of mind. And one of the biggest factors is, is when I stopped doing drugs, I realized I like myself the way I am. So things that take me out of that mindset I don't really like to do. Um, and that's honestly the only reason. That's about it. Here's the best part of this is none of this was planned. And you're like the perfect person to be here for 420. Literally right before we're going on the air, I go, holy cow, it's 420. I'm yeah. like, we got to talk about weed today. <laughs> yeah, I'm the right guy to show. Well, I'm close to the right guy Here's to show. Here's what's up. funny is you got me and like I'm close to my parents. Like I barely know it's 420 except for... You know, in the dealership world over the years, people were like, oh, man, it's 420 today. There's that. And then uh, I'm sure social media has. Uh, yeah, social media, you know, blows up with it. And, of course, you hear like these like colleges and universities where everyone goes out to the courtyard, to, you know. Right. It's basically um, it's like St. Patrick's Day all over again. Everything's green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, funny thing about St. Patrick's Day, and this is a great business idea. So. Get out a pen and piece of paper, write it down. This is a million-dollar idea, and you got it right here on Strictly Business. Now, I went to the Guinness World Record pub crawl. What? Yeah. What is that? A pub crawl? Well, I don't, what's the Guinness Book of World Records pub crawl? Basically, there's a record in, in the Guinness Book of the most amount of people to participate in a pub crawl. Pub crawl is where you go, they give you a little bracelet, and you go like a treasure map, bar to bar to bar. Yeah. The way they did this one was is you paid like $20 for a day pass. It was a little more than that, like maybe 50 bucks. They gave you a t-shirt and like this little itty bitty tiny cup. And that cup was to give you beer for a dollar, like draft beer for a dollar. Mm -hmm. in, uh, in New York City, a dollar beer, I mean, that's like unheard of. Right. So we go just for this. We show up, Uncle Sid and I go. And we start the pub crawl out. And when we get there, we were kind of late. The guy's like, hey, don't worry about it. It's on us. I'm like, it's on you. What? I mean, I, like, I've just never fell into good luck like that. Right. Like, never. I'm always, I overpay for everything. This guy's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, what do you, we don't have to buy tickets? He says, no, I've made so much money over the last three days, I'm not worried about it. So, of course, he's talking to me and Uncle Sid. We're like, wait a minute. <laughs> How much <laughs> hey, did you make? Hang on. <laughs> So he says to us, you know, there's like, I think it was 30 some thousand people times 50 bucks a piece. 
How much is that? That's a lot. That's a significant amount. If I'm guessing, I'm guessing 150. No. So we got 30,000 times $55. That's uh, $1.65 million he took in for a three-day event. Here's all he had to do was print up some T-shirts that cost a dollar a piece. So his expenses were 30 grand there. An advertising budget of, let's just say, 200 grand. Let's say 50 grand for T-shirts, 200 grand for advertising. We're at 250, right? Let's say worst case scenario, you just knock it down to a million bucks. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and the bars, <laughs> to, to get the dollar drafts, that costs nothing. All he did was go around and say, listen, I'll put 30,000 people through your bar over the course of the next three days. All you have to do is offer a dollar draft. Here's the cool thing. For I can, these little tiny cups. These little tiny cups, right? Which is like a shot of beer. <laughs> and I, literally, I remember going. We made it to like the third one. We didn't go any further. Yeah. Like, so, and then you just stick around there. and Then you just stick around and have a good time. We met these guys from Australia that own like a like T-Mobile phone service, but for Australia. They were really fun. Yeah. We were like playing, I don't even remember, like cornhole or one of these games. And we ran into these these girls that were there. And then all of a sudden, the party, like we ended up at, what was that movie? Uh, Coyote, where they dance on the bar. Yeah, Coyote Ugly. I Coyote think. Ugly. We went to Coyote Ugly in New York. Yeah. What a dive. What do you mean? The place was like... I mean, I saw the movie, so I'm like, this is going to be... Wild. Yeah, and you go in there, and this was like... I mean, it was... Let's just say that the, the talent wasn't very... Uh, I'm like, what? where do we get ourselves into here? You didn't have Piper up there on the... No, it was it was hor- <laughs> horrific. But there you go, $1.6 million. Let's say you spent $650,000 promoting it, and you have some helpers. You make a million bucks. So there's a million-dollar idea for you. It didn't cost you anything. And here's where I was going to take this and run with it. I thought to myself, how cool would it be to promote like from city to city? Like they broke it and set the record in New York. Well, why not compete and say like L.A. wants to have the record. We're going to beat it. Right. Then you could go to like Atlanta. Atlanta's going to have the record and beat it. So each city, you're making a million bucks a city. You could do like six or seven cities. Then you get the worldwide tour, right? Six or seven million bucks. Six or seven million dollars. Then you get like, like, you know, China involved and. All of a sudden, you're like, hey, listen, which country has the best one? You know one? what? That's the one I want to go to. Whenever you have the one in China, that's where I'll be. That's a fantastic <laughs> idea, right? Yeah, it is. And yeah. it's like, literally, there's not much to it. So uh, there you have it. Uh, the idea of the day, and it's shared to you. It didn't cost you anything. And the great news is, I got no copyrights on it. So take it and run with it. If you will, throw me a jelly roll. If anyone listening knows what that is, uh, we should give a prize out for that. But That should have been on last week's pool talk. So what we'll do is we're going to take a short break here, and when we get back, we will find out what a jelly roll means. Perfect. Some pool trivia. So if you want to get in on the action, go to facebook.com backslash the Chase Channel Show, or you can give us a call, 731-499-3865, and I promise I'll take some of these calls. I know... Some of you have been holding patiently, and we appreciate it. We've just been caught up with 420 action. Also, the text line, 731-215-0158. You're listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Thanks for listening to 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Don't go anywhere. Chase will be back right after this. Forget about April showers. We're making it rain right here at Victory Honda of Jackson during our huge pre-owned buyback event. 
Hi, I'm Chase Channel, General Manager, and we need your trade. And right now, we'll give you more than ever. Receive up to 50% of your original MSRP on your trade-in. That's right, you'll get up to half of your vehicle's original MSRP back on your trade. This has never been done before, and it may not happen again. For complete details, visit VictoryHondaJackson.com, then come into Victory Honda on Highway 45 Bypass and get 50% of your original MSRP on your trade-in. But hurry, this won't last long, so come in today and we'll make it rain right here at Victory Honda. Receive up to 50% of original MSRP on trading vehicles or the purchase of any brand new vehicle in stock at MSRP with approved credit. Minus restocking, reconditioning, and mileage fees. Subject to a clean Carfax report. Not all vehicles will qualify. Max trade-in value $16,000. See dealer for complete details. Offer ends 43018. What's up, Jackson? It's Chase Channel from the Chase Channel Show. Be sure to tune in every Friday from 1 to 3 and Saturday from 9 to 11 where we'll talk strictly business right here on 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson.
We're back. That was Big Money by Rush. Speaking of big money, we're talking about how you can make big money in the weed business. First time ever. Well, hang on. I want to know what a jelly roll is. Okay. The trivia question before the break is I use the, the term. I gave out a million dollar idea. I said, if you take it and run with it, you make a million, throw me a jelly roll. So in the pool world, we call a jelly roll like, say I say that you're a great player or say you're a bad player, but you like to gamble. And I walk in the door and I'm like, hey, I got a guy over there for you to play. Hey, hit him up. He, he's a good mark. He's got some money. So I go over and I make a game with you. Let's say I score 5000 bucks. He'll be like, hey, man, aren't you going to throw me a jelly roll? So like, it's kind of like a tip. Like A jelly roll is a tip for some insider info. Exactly. Right, 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 right. So okay. anytime you make a big score and like you had something to do with it. Yeah, you got to throw the jelly roll. You throw him a jelly roll. Right. So there you have it. That's some, decent. Some pool terminology. <laughs> That's decent. So we're talking all things business. You're listening to 93.1 hey, WTJS. Listen, if you happen to be a waiter or a waitress that are listening to this show, please ask your next customer for a jelly roll. Just say, yo, you're going to throw me a jelly roll? <laughs> throw me that jelly roll. And if they, if they, if, here's the great news. If they're a pool player, you're going to get a great tip. That's right. So if they have blue chalk on their hands. That, if somebody said that to us, they'd get a decent tip. Yeah, they'd get a great tip. They'd get basically the bill. So we're talking all things business. We've been talking about 420, which is today. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope that you're excited to kick your week off, weekend off with 420. And we've talked a lot of industry facts. We've talked about the business of it. And we've talked about sprinkled in some other things along the way. But one of the things I really wanted to cover before we got out of here is we had some questions that came in on the text line. So let's get to the first one here. Let's see. I had another one from Chris. Yeah, let's hear what Chris has to say. Yeah, the same Chris from earlier that asked the question about uh, keeping teams motivated. It, it, was, it was kind of the other half of that question is how do you motivate yourself when the team is off track? So, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, I think. Here's one thing that I can tell you is really helpful in business is remembering that a lot of times people will do nothing if you allow it. So you have to set the bar and set an expectation and say that this is the standard for what we expect. So, you know, in our business, it's simple. We say, hey, this is what we expect. And in, in, in we basically set the end goal, right? Start with the end in mind, I always say, which is we want you to sell 10 cars this month. Then you back up into it and you say, okay, what is required to sell 10 cars? I feel, I feel, I've been in the car business before and I don't, I don't, I'm guessing this wouldn't be exclusive to our business, but I feel like a lot of people don't even set expectation. Very few set any expectations. So I think that that's the first step is um, you yourself have to have an expectation as, as, a, as a leader and a motivator. Uh, but I think it's very important to convey to your team what your expectations are and what their expectations should be. I think there should be expectations all around. One of the things we do a great job in the car business of is we always keep that out in front of the customers and in front of the the staff. Like clients know that we have quotas to meet. We talk about it all the time. We're like, hey, it's the end of the month. We need to make a deal. Right. So one thing is it's no secret in our business. The second thing is we have it plastered everywhere and talk about it daily with the salespeople. We start at, you know, 8.45 in the morning. We do the meeting. Guys, we sold this yesterday. We need to do this today. And we set those expectations. And we do them just, you know, that's just part of, of what we do. But the other thing is, like, we have a huge board in the middle of the showroom. 
yeah. on that board is the sales. So one of the things is keeping it in front of the team and making sure that everybody knows when you're doing good that we're doing good and when we're doing bad that we're doing bad. Communication is one of the things that gets lost in business. Let's say you're the boss and you get chewed out by your boss. Well, you have a choice. They always say that you know stuff rolls downhill. You can go scream at your people. Or you can at least go convey, hey, guys, we did, we're not getting it done, and this is why. This is the area where we need to improve. What can we do to move it in the right direction? Right. The only way you can have that conversation is if the expectations were already set. Exactly. You have to you know can't what... go scream at somebody when they didn't even know. Sure. Well, and I think part of that is, is uh, I always say delegate and inspect. Like it's one thing to tell someone, hey, I need you to go make 10 calls. Well, if I never go look to see if you made 10 calls again... You're probably not going to do it and probably never will. Right. You're not accountable. If I pull it up and I say, hey, you haven't made a call yet. We talked two hours ago. Why haven't you made one? There's no good answer. Exactly. But at least they're going, okay, he's at least looking. So, man, I'm even if they don't make the call, they're going to go fix the report where it says they did. Um, I, I'm just not that hard of a worker. I think mm. most people who actually know me know that, that yeah. I'm not really a hard worker. I'm smart enough to get by, but I'm not a hard worker. Sure. But if you tell me to do something, I'm not going to do it first. And then if you come back and tell me to do it, that's when I'm going to do it because I realize I'm about to get in trouble. But I'm, I'm always testing the limits of how less and little I can put forth effort. The other thing that I think matters, and I feel like you've helped out a lot in your career this way, is you know when it matters. Like you yeah. can tell when I need it. Yeah. You, and you say, hey, he's my leader. And I, I'm, like you want to help me out as much as anything. Right, right. I, I, yeah, and I, I mean, but once again, it's conveyed. The expectation is conveyed. I understand that it's necessary at this point. I'm good at making people feel guilty. Well, we're both procrastinators massively. Yeah, massively. no doubt about it. So, I mean, I think we've probably both lived our whole lives procrastinating on doing stuff and pulling things out of thin air last minute. Sure. Um, but we both know that about each other. And, you know, as to answer Chris's question... You're the leader and motivator at the store, and um, I, I think, you know, to answer your first question is, is I understand and the message is conveyed when something needs to happen, and I'm going to do my best to make it happen, and when I know that's not the case, I'm not going to, Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of it is, is, you know, the inspiration. I used to always, and you've probably heard this in sales meetings I've had, I'd say, guys, if I gave you $10,000 cash right now, but I need you to go make, you know, a thousand phone calls, do this, do that. How many of you will do it? Here's $10,000. How many of you would do it? All their hands shoot right up because everybody wants the 10 grand right now. Because well, it's guaranteed. Because it's guaranteed in their mind, right? right? And then I say to them, well, guys, don't you realize if you just went and did what I said, you'd have the $10,000 because you'd get the result? <laughs> exactly. But they don't want to do it that way. Right. Right. We're, we're an instant gratification society and people look at it like, well, I got to have it now. I remember when I made money in the car business, I started off selling. I didn't even know what I was going to get paid. I didn't understand it because the way that we're paid in our business is, is it's complicated. I mean, it takes years to understand it. And I remember going in the door and all I knew was I need to sell another car. Yeah, I have a funny story about, about that. Let's hear it. So I came in to get a job and this was from Chase knew these people and uh, they actually ended up working for Chase, the people that hired me. Um, <coughs> So I came in to get a job, and um, somebody asked me a question that I didn't expect. And now that I've been in the car business, I understand why they asked it perfectly. But they said, how much do you want to make? 
And I mean, at the time, you got to realize I was coming out of being a drug addict. I didn't. I just needed to pay my bills. I needed to start my life. I needed to not ask anybody for any money anymore. So I just pulled a number out of thin air, and it was actually pretty close to what I ended up making that year monthly. Um, and I said, I, I want to make 5000 And it was kind of funny because he was like, okay, that's a pretty good goal. And I'm like, wow, okay. He's like, "That's first of all, it's a good goal because it's probably enough money for you. Second of all, uh, it's a good goal because that means you're being productive if you make 5000 uh, this month. So um, I just thought it was funny that, first off, I guessed pretty closely. But I had no idea that I was going to be able to sell 10 cars a month, 20 cars a month, whatever. I didn't understand it at all. Well, and I always remind myself when I'm in, when people are interviewing, it's like if you tried to explain to them the pay plan, it, I mean, it's French to some. I mean, it's right. Well, it's yeah, yeah. You know, so they it's look extremely at, complicated. It's really complicated, right? So I remember like the blindness of, and I was lucky. I had said as a mentor, and he's like, "You just got to get another car out." So I remember like closing a deal. They go into finance, and said to be like, "You need to get back out front." And catching up while like they're in finance, I'm like, okay, all right, well, what do I do when they come out? What well, are you getting the keys and you know do your delivery? And I'm like, okay, so I'm back out front. Well, when Sid wasn't there, like as my mentor, and I'm like in the dealership setting, I remember that like my customers in finance, and I'm back out on the point, and the manager calls me and he's like, what are you doing? Right, I would be going ballistic if one of our guys did that. Right, he's like, what are you doing? I go, well, I got to get another customer, and he's like, you ha- you haven't even delivered your customers yet. Right. I'm like, well, I know, but I mean, I need to get another one. And, you know, my mentality was like, I, I have to get a lot of these to make any money. Right. Which ended up working out for me. But, yeah. you know, it just takes time. And, and sometimes you fall into that and you realize like this blindness of. I can see Sid being like that, too. I can see that Sid is, well, you got to get another one. Like oh, that's, he'd always say, uh, you know, the only thing better than one car sale, don't you? Two car sales. You, and <laughs> and you, you know the best time to do that? I'm like, well, no best time to sell a second one's right after the first one now get back out there yeah that's it. <laughs> you know and you're like okay i'm back out there yeah that's how it. i could see him well uh where's your other customer i don't have one well that's a problem go get one so the big this was really funny so when i worked for sid we're doing a sale in, in pennsylvania this is in butler pa it's at a suzuki store okay and they're doing like this staffed event we go down there and i mean i'm two weeks in the car business now and he says uh these people walk in, I up them, and I'm talking to them. We call up them like you go up and help somebody. So I up them, and I'm talking to them. And we go through this thing, and we start talking about the church. And the guy was like a pastor of a church. They were really, really nice people. We're going through everything. And they're like, well, we, you know, I think we test drove and everything, right? And they're like, well, we need to sleep on it. I go, okay, hey, I totally understand. And they wanted to pray about it. And I'm like, hey, listen, I, that's no problem. So I let them leave. That's a big no-no in the car world is like, don't let your customers leave till a manager talks to them because they want to make sure you didn't screw something up. So I go into the building. Sid's like, where's your customer? I'm like, well, you know, they're really nice people. And I, they're like, we're friends now. And like, I, I literally believe like we were friends. They needed to pray about it. And they were then going to make the deal. Right. They sold you. Right. I was totally sold on this. So he's like, I mean, you can imagine, like, ready to kill me. Right. And he says, uh, oh, so you sprinkled some B-back dust on them. They're coming back on the B-back bus? And I'm like, yeah. He says, well, do you want to bet your check on it? I'm like, yeah, I'll bet my check on it. I mean, I'm like that confident. Right. And he says, okay, well, listen, instead of betting your check on it, we're just going to do this. You can't take another customer until they get back. Yeah. That was I'm like, okay, that's fine. Too. You know, I'm like, no problem. Deal. 
because they're coming back. Right. I'm sitting there, hours pass. I'm calling, no answer, calling, no answer. Sid comes by. You still think they're coming? <laughs> he says, listen, you're not getting another customer till you get it, to get them over here. So he goes, you get there, because I didn't have their phone number, nothing. Right. Like, big no-no. You look them up in the phone book? Well, luckily, <laughs> I had a copy of the driver's license from the test drive. Oh, yeah. So he says, uh, you better get them back over here. So I jump in. I said, can I take a car? He says, yeah, I jump in the car. I drive to their house. Get to the house, and I'm like, that's their car. So this is like, this is where they're at. <laughs> Go knock on the door. You should have seen their face. I'm sure they thought you were crazy. And I said, hey, guys. I said, listen, I, I know you wanted to sleep on it and everything. I'm like, but I made a big mistake at the lot. They're like, what? I said, well, we're not supposed to let you leave without talking to a manager because they just want to make sure I did everything right. And even though I think I did a good job and everything, I'm like, I need you guys to come back down there with me and talk to them. <laughs> They're like, are you crazy? <laughs> um, a little bit. Here's where I knew that, and it really taught me something in the business was, I said, I know you guys said you have church tonight. I'm like, so, you know, you can just come there and go to church. And the wife says, what are you talking about? We don't, we don't go to church. I'm like, I thought he, he was a pastor and all of that was made up. Right. The whole thing. The whole thing. They were just try, like, didn't want, they were just trying to tell me something to get away from me. Right. Exactly. And I was devastated. You were sold. I felt like I, you know, I'm like, I've been betrayed. Like, I'm like, I can't believe this. Of course, A, Sid was right. So I had to go back to the dealership. Here's the good news. The husband went back with me. That's nice of him. I'm like, listen, sir, they're going to fire me if you don't come back. So can you just, you don't have to buy anything. I'm like, just come back. Here was the best part of all. When I walked in the door with the guy, Sid looked like I completely lost my mind. Like, he's like, you went and got the, you said I couldn't have another customer until I got him here. And the, the customer is like standing there. Right. And Sid, of course, was like, hey, sir, how you doing? Here's my card. Let us know if you need anything. You know, like, right. Didn't like even it try. was totally just. But learning that life lesson was one of those things for me that I just said, you know what? I had a similar message with my first customer I ever took in the car business. It was not, well, basically it was like, you can come back when your customer does. Because I didn't know to bring them to a manager. And I legitimately didn't know that's what I was supposed to do. And they said, yeah, you can come back when your customer does. Isn't it funny? This is like the car business. They don't even tell you. But no, then like there's a consequence it. Right. for it. Yeah. Right. The, I mean, they uh, were messing with me a little bit, but that's kind of how car people are in general. They just expect crazy things. Well, and one of the problems is, is just like us, once you're in it 10 years, it seems like second Everyone knowledge. should know it, right? Yeah. Like, this is just something you should know. There's but a one, process that's a back of my hand. I, it, you know, once you've been in the business long enough, everything's just a given. Right. And, you know, you don't even have to go talk to the customer. You can have the salesperson talk to them. And roughly, badly, poorly explain what their conversation was, and you know exactly what's about to happen and how everything's about to play out. Yeah, the it's the same scenarios over and over again. Uh, you're listening to Strictly Business on 93.1. If you want to get in on the action, you can head over to facebook.com backslash the Chase Channel Show. You can shoot us a text. The number to text is 731-215-0158, or you can give us a call. It's 731-499-3865. Here's a funny text. It says 420 rules. Is that like a text? Um, I don't know. Happy 420. Like happy 420. So I guess there's a lot more people that celebrate 420 than what I really thought. Yeah, I bet there are. 
What a great opportunity to talk about the fastest growing thing in America, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the day it's celebrated. So Here's what I think is, is fascinating is this. I mean, this is a real thing, and it's going to be part of Tennessee soon, too, I believe. I think it's going to be part of everywhere soon in America, at least. I mean, it, the, just from a fiscal standpoint, it's the only thing that makes sense. How much money do you think lobbyists spend from the cigarette company, from maybe even alcohol? That's, that's not what's killing it. What do you think it is? Pharmaceutical companies. So they're spending the money. Well, they have the most money to spend. Do you think they that... spend? Here's the deal. They spend more money than the next five lobbyist groups combined. I always say, and this is... And, this... and, and, and marijuana is the best alternative um, to at least pain medication and a lot of other medication too, but pain medication for sure. What I don't get is that you just got to get on board, right? It's like if you can't beat them, join them, like Marlboro, weed cigarettes. Yeah. Like if you're a pharmaceutical company, why not embrace it? Be like, hey, listen. Um, competitive market. Well, that's it, true. It's they don't have why. quite as much of a captive audience. But really, had they been out in front of it when it was going medical yeah. during the whole time and kept it that way, yeah. I really feel like that would have been. Yeah, we're going to be smoking down some Pfizer next year. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I get it. I get it. But um, I... I I don't have any facts to back that up, but it makes perfectly logical sense to me that that is what's going on. They spend the most money, and they're the ones most threatened by the business. Well, I think that the business is a great opportunity. We, we read that 250,000 jobs will be created. Uh, that's by 2025. Yeah. And, you know, it's a multiple billion dollar industry. So it's real and it's coming. I really believe in my heart of hearts that when it's legal everywhere, it's not going to be that big of a deal. No. It's going to be there, but it's... Well, it's already there. It's already there. You know, it's just like the only having, difference uh, is is now we uh, now now it's contributing to our gross domestic product. That's the only difference. That's the only difference. And we're incarcerating less people. Um, oh, I had another uh, trivia that I that I found earlier. So we're gonna get one more trivia question. We'll take a break, and when we get back, I promise to try to get a few of these texts. If you want to get in on the action all week long, you can post it up at facebook.com backslash the Chase Channel Show. You can shoot us a text, 731-215-0158. The phone number to call, 731-499-3865. And I'm going to try to get, um, maybe even though next week's not 420, I will try to get one of the interviews on that I promise because I do have a few of the weed entrepreneurs that are texting me back. Um, seems like it's a popular day for them. They're not really interested in talking. No, <laughs> probably not. They're... Busy, I'm sure. Um, the thing I wanted to... Are we about to go to break? Yeah. The thing I wanted to let people think about over break... I had a trivia. It's not a question. Um, I just wanted you to uh, be aware and recognize this. That um, African Americans are 330% more likely to be arrested for uh, possession of marijuana. I saw that earlier. I thought that 330% um, over any other race or whatever... Um, I, I thought that's substantial and kind of alarming. 330% more likely to get arrested for possession or use of marijuana. Where did that stat come from? Yeah, I don't know how true it is. It's probably herb, herb.com. That's insane. I, you know, it, the number seems outstanding. I can't validate it, but if, it, if that's true, that's ridiculous. Well, I think that it all comes back to just in general, it's like, when you look at the reason when you see these misdemeanors and people getting charged, it's always like something else. Like you got pulled over because your taillight's out and then they found 
I mean, like I've watched cops and they're always like, do you have anything on you? No. And pat them down. Oh, what's this? <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, seriously. Right. Everybody's got something on them. You know, and was it you that we were talking about the other day about uh, the speech that Obama made where he said, even if you follow the Pope for long enough, you'll yes. find him doing something wrong? Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that. If you, yeah, if you follow the Pope for five miles driving a car, he's going to do something wrong, illegal that, you know, it's guaranteed. So we all make mistakes, uh, but mistakes are part of life and part of business. So hang tight. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Thanks for listening to 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Don't go anywhere. Chase will be back right after this. What's up, Jackson? It's Chase Channel from the Chase Channel Show. Be sure to tune in every Friday from 1 to 3 and Saturday from 9 to 11, where we'll talk strictly business right here on 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Forget about April showers. We're making it rain right here at Victory Honda of Jackson during our huge pre-owned buyback event. Hi, I'm Chase Channel, General Manager, and we need your trade. And right now, we'll give you more than ever. Receive up to 50% of your original MSRP on your trade-in. That's right, you'll get up to half of your vehicle's original MSRP back on your trade. This has never been done before, and it may not happen again. For complete details, visit VictoryHondaJackson.com, then come into Victory Honda on Highway 45 Bypass and get 50% of your original MSRP on your trade-in. But hurry, this won't last long, so come in today and we'll make it rain right here at Victory Honda. Receive up to 50% of original MSRP on trading vehicle for the purchase of any brand new vehicle in stock at MSRP with approved credit, minus restocking, reconditioning, and mileage fees, subject to a clean Carfax report. Not all vehicles will qualify. Max trade in value $16,000. See dealer for complete details. Offer ends 
back that's one love by bob marley closing it out with you on a friday afternoon happy 420 hope everyone has a fantastic weekend can't believe the time just snuck up on me got away from me but i uh, promised to get in a few of the texts that came in during the show first one says uh we love the green and your show not sure if that's talking about money or something else uh, to the text line, weed will be legal in Tennessee by 2019. Well, I guess that's a possibility. Um, what will they do with all the marijuana-related arrests when weed is legal everywhere? I don't see them commuting everyone's sentences, so I don't know what they'll do, but that's a great question. Uh, looks like uh, love the show and nice hearing you and Little Chase together. It's always good to have Little Chase to come by. It's glad to have him stop in, uh, especially just because I knew his past with uh, drugs. And today being 420, it's been interesting to talk about weed in America. It's a big business, the fastest growing business in America. So it looks like we're out of time. But if you want to drop us some comments throughout the week, you can go to facebook.com backslash the Chase Channel Show. As I mentioned earlier, Extremely happy to have the show now uh, was approved, and we're on iHeartRadio.com. You can download the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to all the shows and this show if you want to listen to it again or you missed part of it. I would highly recommend you check out the first half. So you can download iHeartRadio. You can also listen on TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean. You name it, we're out there. And if we're not somewhere that you listen, you just let us know, and we'll make sure that we get there too. So we're out of time. So until this time, next time, you're listening to Strictly Business right here on 93.1. You've been listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to hear fresh new weekly episodes. For more, please visit Facebook.com slash The Chase Channel Show. That's Facebook.com slash The Chase Channel with two N's and two L's show. Until the same time, next time, keep it right here on 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson.